Hello readers, welcome to 20 Questions with your favorite author, where we ask authors important questions like why would you agree to be on this podcast? Today we have a special edition with the launch of Accidental Murderer in Apartment 34. It is a paranormal horror that you will adore. We have Kisto Healy and his uh, debut contribution to the horror genre and I cannot wait till you get it. And if Kisto is not your favorite now, he will be at Yay! Welcome, Kisto. That's great dancing. I like it. We're in the mood, man. This is launch day. That's right. That's right. When I woke up this morning, the first thing I, I did is I text you, happy book birthday. How did that you feel? You did. You did. Uh, it was really cool uh, because, like, you did that, and mm -hmm. I thought, you know, that just coming from you, it made sense. You know, you're the publisher. But <laughs> then I went on Facebook, and my brother uh, had posted a happy book birthday message on my wall and i was like wow this is a real celebration <laughs> oh that's awesome it's my book's birthday <laughs> it's not just us it's it's time it's time and this is not just the uh birth of this book it is also the birth of a series how mm -hmm. exciting so what i do want to do for the folks out there is first read the back cover copy so you know exactly what this is all about so some mistakes haunt the guilty while others seek revenge roger leaves the house filled with the memories of his father's abuse to follow his sister kara to the big city he's fleeing the trauma of his childhood though his debilitating anxiety disorder stays with him kara finds a psychiatrist to help with that a kind man named mark stevenson then, Roger finds an affordable place in apartment 34 at Sunnycrest Apartments and a girlfriend, Lisa. Life is finally looking up. That is, until Roger realizes the girl across the hall, Alice, has a father very similar to his own. Brian's screams mixed with Alice's are too much for Roger to handle. He feels like he has to save the girl from her father's violence, but his own fear and trauma interfere, and Alice dies. As he tries to move on to get past the biggest mistake of his life, Alice has other ideas. Now Roger must do for himself what he couldn't for Alice. Make it out of Sunnycrest alive. That sounds good. I want to buy that. Oh, no. Look at that. <laughs> I always laugh because everyone's like, oh, man, that sounds like fun. And I'm like, you have no idea how long it took us to write that. <laughs> Back and forth and back and forth. Yeah, so this is a really fun one. Um, but it's it's really dark. What inspired you to write this tale? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I've just always liked uh, ghost stuff. I was a big uh, John Saul fan. And, um, like, so most of his books are ghost-related. And uh, and I was just like, I want to do something with ghosts, but I want to do something different. And then I was like, what if there's a building and every apartment has their own ghost story? So then I was like, well, I got to start with one. And I didn't want to start with like number one on the first floor or something like that. So uh, my favorite number, my lucky number is 33. So I was like, well, 
I'll make him live in 34 and then the have the ghost come from 33. Um, so uh, then I needed to figure out, you know, an actual story. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the problem, right? So uh, it was a process. Um, and then really, um, once I, I had just a basic premise, I, I really, I wanted to, uh, to build, uh, more uh, of a story about, uh, anxiety, which is my own personal, uh, horror <laughs> that I've struggled with and lived with for my, uh, pretty much my entire life. So, uh, and, I, uh, there's a lot of people who really don't, don't get what it's what it's like when you have clinical anxiety and um right they're just like buck up come on now what's the problem yeah. you know because everyone has some level of anxiety at some point in time so they think oh yeah no you can handle this i i, I tough through it why can't you right yeah i was i was anxious the other day when my thing was late you know like yeah it's not the same you no know? that's not it <laughs> exactly mm -hmm. so i was like i was like I want to, I want to paint this. And I was like, well, then I need a story that, that fits that, that gives him a, a reason for his anxiety to be in overdrive and, and constantly worked on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, from there is where, uh, the pieces kind of fell together. Yeah. I, I have to say that the demon in this, it's not just Alice being the ghost. It's also very much, his anxiety. Yeah. That's also that that's really, if anything, that's the biggest demon he's dealing with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's very, uh, uh, clever the way that you put that in there, which is why we say psychological horror too. So it's paranormal mm -hmm. cause there's ghosts, but there's the, the psychological element is extremely strong in this. Yeah. It, uh, it made me really, really happy to see, um, from the, uh, early readers and the reviews that I've seen so far that people have, have really, honed in on that mm -hmm. uh, people have actually said to me like that they have anxiety and they knew that i did just from reading it because it was too uh accurate <laughs> so uh it's really cool that that part is is getting acknowledged mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really nice the um blanket fort says it's the worst when people are like just do the thing it's not that hard oh yeah yeah. And when you're with anxiety or, you know, some of these other ones that it's just, it's like, it's, I can't, I can't just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying, but I can't. Yeah. So, but we can't give away the ending. You're just going to have to read to see how Roger deals with it. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that'll be the fun stuff. This is the hard part talking about the book without giving everything away. The ending is my favorite part. It's really good. Well, I love that the read right uh, that the readers like too because we struggled with getting the pacing right. Yeah. Because it has to build, but it can't build too mm -hmm. slow. But you can't get right into the action. But you can't. Right. And so far, the early readers are saying, you know, I really like it. Yeah. So they're yeah. enjoying the slow burn, and I'm so happy to hear that. I was going to say they've actually mentioned it in the reviews the the slow burn and the building tension and mm -hmm. uh, so and then. They've all mentioned uh, the ending, so uh, without giving it away, of course. 
Uh, yes. But they've commented on how much they were surprised uh, by the ending. So if that's not enough to make you want a copy, I don't know. I'm telling you, man. Let's see. You were also lucky enough to get a quote from one of your favorite authors. What can you tell us about that? Oh, my gosh. That's, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like, I, when I when he wrote me back and he was like. Well, tell us yeah. who it is. Oh, Simon Clark. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Author of Blood Crazy, Vampiric, and, you know, uh, a ton of other things. Actually, the Vampiric book is kind of uh, a trilogy. It's all incredible. Everything he's ever written is just mind-blowingly good. Um, if you haven't read him, please go out and read him, like, now. Like, like actually ditch me and just go read him. But, yeah, he, he captured I'm going to read his quote real quick as you go on. And he says, subtly spellbinding at first, then the horror is unleashed with shocking power. Simon Clark. That's pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, I, I liked his second quote, too. We didn't use that one. But uh, uh, with his, something about uh, with uh, relentless accretion to detail. Um, I don't know. But uh, I'd have to look it up. But it was, a, it was an impressive quote, too. <laughs> well, I have to say... The cool thing is a lot of these authors, because we do this a lot, and they don't usually, they're busy. They don't read it. But no, by what he said in his email and what he did, I think he actually read it. Yeah. And that's pretty impressive. So I have to well, say, not not knowing Simon Clark, um, I became a fan right away. No, I'll tell you, um, he's he's corresponded with me before. He, um, I, I reached out to him, uh, gosh, years ago, just... Um, just to take a chance, you know, like, uh, see, um, if any of my favorite authors would, uh, respond to me or whatever. And he did. And very, very down to earth, lovely human being, um, just super supportive. And, um, I still didn't think he would do this, you know, Mm -hmm. like he, he told me one time, you know, well, uh let me see the first page of your book so i sent him the first page and he's like i'm going to give it the first page test right now and he's like <laughs> that's what you know publishers are going to do too yep and um and he went through with me like what was good about it and what wasn't and then um he said to me you know a lot of times uh people n- negate the luck factor he said you know there is a luck factor mm-hmm. and um you could be doing everything right and uh and just not getting seen by the right person at the right time and uh you know the only way for that to happen is to keep putting yourself out there so um he you know if you look in in his about the author stuff on his books one of the things that really hit me was he listed all the like regular jobs and menial jobs he had before succeeding and, uh, and one of them was even grocery stalker at a grocery store, which at the time I was doing. And I was like, this is possible. I can go from this to that. Like, You're you know, like, I'm on the same path. Yeah, you know. You know <laughs> um, 
I mean, I don't think I'll ever be as uh, eloquent and beautiful with my words as he is, but uh, um, he's just uh, the fact that he's been what he's been to me uh, and was willing to read this book and then write quotes for it. And it's just, it just blows my, I cried. I did. I read his email and, and I cried and then I wrote him back and I was like, um, you know, maybe I'm just a sap, but uh, I read what you wrote and I just cried. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, well, I'm so glad that I could uh, help and, um, I wish your book tons of success. And it was just like, it's just amazing. Um, it's really cool. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> I said, honestly, like if I didn't sell a single copy to me, knowing that like my hero and favorite author read it and enjoyed it and has a quote on the cover, like I already won. <laughs> like uh, that's, that's a win for me. Like it's a dream come true. Oh no, we're going to sell books. That's kind of the plan. I know, I know, I know. Yes. I'm just I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying I'm saying I already I already achieved the dream with this book. So, like, you know, of course I want to sell the book. Like, yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're going to sell this book. <laughs> if anything else, just like you said a lot of people with anxiety, I mean, this is a good book for them. Just because they'll get it. They'll be like, "I'm not the only one." I mean, there's an important part in your life where you have to understand you're not the only one. Yeah, oh, and then sure. maybe make better decisions than than Roger does. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, actually, I just I just said that to a reader uh, yesterday because he was like, um, he he said, uh, I I'm feeling every part of this book. He said, I feel like like I myself am uh, a cross between Roger and uh, Doctor Stevenson. He was like because. Uh, I have Roger's anxiety and then uh, Mark's empathy. He was like, and and they're like uh, getting in the way of each other sometimes and, and it's uh, complicated. And I was like, yeah, no, definitely me too. That's why I wrote it. Um, just don't be, don't be Roger as late in the book. <laughs> make, make better choices. Yeah. Of course, Greg says great stories are all about characters making bad decisions. And, you know, he's not wrong. (laughs) He's not wrong. He's not wrong, but we can avoid it. And Florida, uh, Kevin is right. He says, hey, man, stop talking yourself down. It sounds to me like you really know what the hell you're doing. I absolutely cannot wait to read your book. Oh, yeah, he knows what he's doing. It's a great book. I I really do appreciate that. And I wasn't trying to talk myself down. I was just trying to talk Simon up because I don't feel like he's as big as he should be. Like, uh, I don't know, like, to me, that dude is like, you know, I don't know. I've been reading him since the 90s, so. uh, That's awesome. We'll have to get him on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, he'd probably actually come, too, because he's just such a cool, down-to-earth dude. (laughs) That could be fun. And then you can write all 20 questions for me. That would totally work. (laughs) But, you know, this is 20 questions, and one of the things we do on 20 questions is ask silly things. So I want to get some silly ones in, and then we get back to the serious stuff. Um, So we'll start the first one, and that is, what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I kind of, like, you know, this is tricky. Because if we're going with, with basic ice cream, 
then like yeah it's gonna be just cookie dough but i feel like ben and jerry's is like far superior to all other ice cream and they have like some flavors like out of this world which is really really good what is that uh it's it's like swirls of cinnamon and oatmeal cookie and it's i don't know it's ben and jerry's like it's just made out of magic and goodness just (laughs) (laughs) just just go buy it eat it just made out of good karma man good karma (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) all right favorite ice cream what is the best thing that you have recently or ever eaten oh gosh i don't know i'm a foodie man i don't know i love food um Re- let's stick with recently because ever is i could I, yeah you know. i couldn't answer that either that's why i added recently i'm like i couldn't answer ever um let's see recently um so many <laughs> uh, i i got a comment in the background here that said probably something you made oh, yeah because <laughs> uh, I, I also love cooking um Let's, uh, so what know. I'm hearing is when we have a Cursed Dragon Ship Writers Retreat that you're going to cook for us. That's what I got Absolutely. Here. I would love yes. to. I would we got love that, Kevin. We're in. Greg, we're in. Let's go. <laughs> I, I love to, you know, even make my own, uh, like, hot sauce. And I can make vegan ranch and, uh, you know, salsa, <clears throat> everything. Um, That's awesome. I'll bake the bread that Kevin will eat, but everyone else will. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all about some bread, honestly. <laughs> some good homemade bread, yeah, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. we have a we have a a bread machine here. Makes bread fairly easily, and then just let put it in the oven, let it rise. Oh, nice! It's, it's still like hot and soft and crispy mm-hmm. on the outside. Yeah, it's good stuff. Still works. Yeah, I haven't made baguettes yet. And that's what my husband's waiting for. He's like, hurry up with the baguettes. I'm like, I'm sorry, it's more complicated. I did all the easy ones. It's like, I have all these techniques <laughs> down now. I know how to knead. Like, you know, so I've learned all these techniques. I'm like, I will do baguettes next. So Yeah, okay. I used to. Uh, actually, um, one of my previous jobs was, <laughs> was, uh, was I was the bread baker for a uh, four-star Italian restaurant. And I used to go there at like... Uh, 3.34 in the morning and start baking the bread. So um, when they opened at lunchtime, they would have uh, all the fresh bread. Some yummy and, uh, and yeah, well, they had their list of signature breads, but then every week they would let me make uh, like a, a baker's bread. So I would just try out all these crazy fun, <laughs> fun things. That would be fun. Yeah, it was so fun. Cheeses and fruits. And I put all kinds of interesting things in there. Huh. Not not together, not at the same time. That would have been weird. But I mean, you know, like. Or it could uh, totally work. You never know I mean, until yeah, you try it. Can, you know, you never know. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Um, let's see. Cats or dogs? So I didn't answer the question. So I guess pizza. We'll just go oh, with pizza. Right, I had really good pizza recently. That you made? Did you make the dough? Um, I didn't make the dough. Um, Grandma made the dough, but. Good. Um, but I assembled it and made the pizza. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, it's fun. It's good. <laughs> yeah, we couldn't find a big pizza stone, believe it or not. Oh, we have like, one. Yeah. I'm like, can we just get slate from the store or something? This is driving me crazy. This I supply chain we, thing's not working for me. I think we ordered one. Um, I tried, but it was a little one, and then I didn't know what to do with it. I'm like, well, that's not big enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, personal pan pizza. Yeah, just like a little. I'm like, no, that's not going to work. It's not going to work for me. Uh, even if I try to make a little one, I'm going to not get it on there. You know, like it's going to end up all over the place. I have a learning curve in my life, <laughs> and I'm as used to it. As, it's fine, but I have to adjust. As far as cats and dogs, um, I love both. Um, I love all animals, but um, I, I love cats and dogs separately for different reasons. Like that's fair. I I love dogs because they're like little people, and they're so like mushy, and they'll spoon with you at night when everyone else is on vacation, and you're sad. <laughs> you're like I'm and, by myself. <laughs> And, uh, and then I love cats because they're just like, they're like, like an example of, of what you should be and like how you should live your life. Cause cats are just like, I'm amazing and I do things my way and I don't care what you think. And I'm just going to go over here and I'm going to eat this. What, what do you want? You, you got a problem? I'll just pee on your stuff. How's that? Yeah. Totally, totally you're describing my cats. And then we do. Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know. Because they're winning. They're doing it right. That's what I'm saying. They're cool. We have we have uh, right now our house is basically like a farm. We have um we've only got the one puppy, but we have um we had our two uh older cats that we've had for a while but now we have two kittens who are the cutest things in the world and they love each other and they like cuddle together all the time it's just i can't stop taking pictures of them and then i've got um one two three outside cats so (laughs) um there's a lot there's a lot of animals I feel you. And then we have our yard bunny. And the neighbor has uh, chickens, and the chickens just come over to the yard sometimes, like, hey, what's up? Just wanted to get some something from the garden. How's it going? I'm coming back over here. Don't worry. Hey, they'll keep the bees away. That's that's good. Chickens can walk through my yard all they want. No, no, I'm not hating on the chickens. Chickens mm-hmm. are fun. The roosters drive me crazy. Oh, yeah. But, we're not a fan of roosters. We had no. to kill one at the barn one time. It would not stop attacking everyone. But the chickens, um, they were great, man. <laughs> I just mean they're loud. I'm not. Oh, no. This one was a te- Like, it was violent. Yeah, they they're can kids. Get me. They can definitely. And he was like, no, you got to go. <laughs> These kids aren't even near your coop. You don't. There's nothing to defend. These kids are not hurting your chickens. You got to stop. No, he had to go. Nope. 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 But um, so we made sure to stick with hens from then on out. But you don't know all the time. You know, <laughs> you, you try, but there's no guarantees. Um, and by we, I did not own them. It was at the barn. I live in a neighborhood. My life's boring. And things just got dark. Talk about well, my book being dark. We you are actually murdered the rooster. <laughs> crocodiles are adorable, Kevin. I, I, I love find crocodiles. crocodiles adorable. I love crocodiles. Yeah, I love them. 
Yeah, see, Blanket Fort kicked his mom's rooster the other day for the same reason. Exactly. Some of those roosters are just horrible. Horrible. Notice I said some. I don't have an all rule. I also don't have, like, a lifetime of experience with them. Just the ones I've been exposed to were awful. Hashtag stop rooster hate. (laughs) Well, Friday Blue wants to know, what is your favorite horror book? Oh, wow. I know. She asks the tough questions. Um, oh, my gosh. Um, I really, uh, I mean, I, I there's so many great ones. Uh, golly. Um, well, I mean, we can just, you can just say any book by Simon Clark. Um Vampiric is one of my favorites. Um, as same with Clive Barker, really. Like most of uh, most everything he's written um, is the books of blood. Short stories are are some of my favorites and biggest influences too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, Robert R. McCammon. Golly, um, well, it's uh, Stinger is, is one of my favorites. Swan Song, it's another great one. Uh, Wolf's Hour, that's an amazing book. Um, uh, what got me as a kid was uh, the old school Dean Koontz when he was actually a horror writer. Uh, and like uh, Servants of Twilight um, was such a good book where I was a kid and I'm reading this book about uh, this mom and trying to take care of this kid while this crazy lady is, is insisting that the kid is the Antichrist. And like as you're reading the book, you're like, is she the bad guy or is he the Antichrist? And like you're trying to figure it out. And it's just like, your brain's just like, ah. And I was like, yeah. And it was like, I mean, that's the book my brother like handed me and and was like, stop reading kids books and start reading good stuff. And then I, I started like, you know, really getting into it after that and, um, and writing, you know, so like that really, that book really started it for me. But yeah, I could go on all day as far as horror. Well, I love that. I love you had lots of them. It wasn't just like, I've read Stephen King and that was it. You know, like you, you know, your horror and it shows in the book. And I found that other quote too. So the other quote by Simon um, Clark was relentless accretion of detail and increasingly disturbing events. Draw the reader into this decidedly intriguing and intensely horrific novel. Yeah. See, that's a cool quote. (laughs) That is a cool quote too. I love it. We'll put that on ads. Um, yeah, no, that's a great quote. Um, so my question is now, so for this one, you have Mark Stevenson is the psychiatrist mm-hmm. and he's the one trying to help Roger. Right. Now, Roger's story is over by the end of this book. Yeah. So how are you going to make this a series? What are, what are, what's happening as you go forward? Oh, well, um, you know, yeah, like I said, each, each apartment has their own story and, uh, well, re- which really means that, you know, if it develops a fan base, I, I can go on for a long time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it's set to be a five book series for now. And um, 
And yeah, Mark is kind of going to be the connecting uh, factor. Uh, there's already in, in book one, you hear about Maria and there was a, a past story that hasn't been told yet. So um, he's already partially connected to Sunny Crest. And then, you know, um, you have the what happens at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, he'll have more of a reason in, in book two to get involved and um, and start to, to raise his own questions about what's really going on. And uh, as the books continue, I feel like more and more Mark is going to wonder how it's possible that all of this keeps coming to him and what is his connection? How is he drawn to this? building so um by book five i figured that will be mark's uh story big money yeah i'm excited to find out and you know it's pretty good when your editor is excited to read more just for the record yeah yeah because i read all the time multiple times and i never used to read books more than once and now of course i have to read them multiple times to see how they're going the progress and you know this is what i did for a living by the way everyone out there that's like i wish i could read for a living it's awesome but it's not all it's cracked up to be just remember that (laughs) it's it's, it's work for sure it is actual work exactly yep 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 so um yeah and i look forward to that you know i just i I said to someone uh, earlier today. I said, you know, I'm 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 really proud of this book and um, and all the work that we've put in and what we've made because you know you worked your butt off on this book too and uh, the multiple edits and drastic changes and. <laughs> Well, that's the secret, though. Like, we worked well together. Because yeah, all I was, yeah, everything sure. I was trying to change, I never was trying to change your voice, never tried to change your vision. It never, right? Like, it was just yeah. making it flow the best it could so that readers would love it. Yeah. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's great. It's nice when you find an editor you can work with. Yeah. Right? And, and really? for the record, an author you can work with. Because <laughs> I've had some authors I've turned away, even though their story is pretty good, just because we're not going to work together very well, are we? <laughs> is gonna work that's half the battle half the battle which reminds me because we met because you did a short story in misspelled or not misspelled that's a new one coming out um right horizons right and horizons and it turns out you've done a lot of short stories oh my gosh so many (laughs) so if someone wanted to like explore that work what what do you where would you point them where would you point them to start as they're waiting for book two Um, Oh gosh, um, I would say just uh, just follow me on Amazon because um, there there's close to a probably close to a hundred books at, on Amazon um, currently that have um, my work in them, mm-hmm. and uh, and I've got a I've got a a bunch of other stuff still coming out too. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I don't want to, it feels bad to like, you know, advertise things done with other publishers on your podcast. So I won't no, like, no, this, is about you. I won't this is about you. No, 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 no. You advertise all your stuff. This is what we're about. 
It's the best thing about the publishing industry. We don't need to compete in that way, right? It's not like somebody buys your book and now they're not going to read any other horror. Do yeah. you see what I mean? Like they love horror. They're going to love horror. They're going to read lots of horror. So no, no, that doesn't bother me one bit. It's one of the things I like about this. I'm not competitive in that way. I don't like stepping on my friends. And in this business, you don't. So I love that. Well, there, there's a book coming out. Um, my, uh, my friend Mark, who's uh, um, he's a really cool writer too. Um, and uh, he has a, a novella out called Nana, which is really creepy. But um, he he's been working on his own stuff, and he had a spot in this anthology, and he could felt like he couldn't do it for other things, so he recommended my name, and uh, and I was like, sure, why not? Um, and then I sent something to them, and they loved it, and that's um, coming out. Now it's available for pre-order, and it's really cool because the whole thing is like uh, it's a story of of a cul-de-sac that there's weird things going on, and each person writes a different house on the cul-de-sac and mentions the different neighbors, and uh, the story is kind of lightly intertwined. It's fun. Um, that is very clever. And then I have my, uh, there is, with Breaking Rules Europe, mm -hmm. um, I have a novella coming out called Hell Hath No Fury. And if you think uh, this is horror, <laughs> that's, that's horror. It's, it's brutal. It's like um, the first publisher that rejected it said, um, I, I love the story. I do. But it's a gut punch, and I can't. <laughs> so um, she's like, my audience, not so much. Right. <laughs> There's yeah, an audience, that, just exactly. not mine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's and fair. I was like, I, I was like, I get that. You know, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I wrote it. I know it's messed up, <laughs> but uh, it's it's a it's a real um, like uh, girl power story. Uh, basically, um, a a, a girl who's been through horrific trauma, who's been like closed off, uh, goes on a camping trip to try to get back into life with her support network of people she cares about when they get uh, ambushed by masked uh, killers in the woods. And um, she realizes just how much she wants to live. And uh, things get really violent <laughs> but well, it's uh, sometimes whatever you have to do to survive yeah yeah it's a it's, a, it's a hard read but i i like to do all kinds of of things like the whole spectrum i also ha you know i just did a uh, a paranormal romance thing um there's this um it's called bones hollow and um that's a cool name yeah, uh, uh, Bones Hollow, Vermont. Um, it's a town. It's a town where um, fully made up of supernaturals and monsters and um, where they can live judgment-free and all get along with each other. And um, uh, and every, every major holiday, they're putting out um, uh, a different book of uh, romance stories that take place in uh, Bones Hollow. So, um, yeah, I, I wasn't in book one. Uh, I hadn't heard about it yet, but then, um, 
I was in book two and I just, I just, uh, did book three and they're wrapping that one up now. So, um, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, I, I mean, I've written comedy stuff too. Like I, I, I want to do all of it. Um, I'm not like just horror. I do love horror though. We love it too. <laughs> so like Kevin, speaking of loving horror, Kevin wants to know that, is that a common problem in horror where the publishers shy away from their own genre? Um, it, it really depends. Like, um, w with horror, you'll find a lot of publishers are, are very nitpicky. Like they have their, some, some of publishers, they just want splatter punk or they just want, you know, extreme horror. And some of them want weird horror and they'll be like, it's not weird enough. You know, it needs to be more. And some of them, uh, they just want uh Cthulhu stuff like you know um there's a lot of that um cosmic horror um and you know so it's really like just finding finding the right spot for your specific story you gotta shop it around that's the only way to do it um but you know once you've once you've dealt with people and you know what they want and you've had stuff out there then it's easier cuz then when you're writing a story you're like oh this story would fit perfectly with them and then you can bring it to the right people that makes sense yeah it's just a matter of networking um you know that's that's a big part of this oh no doubt and that's how you also if you want to write for a specific um, publication make sure to read that publication right that gives you yeah. the the idea yeah. of what it is that they're looking for the things that they like because if they bought those stories that's what they want so yeah and, that makes and, perfect sense and really really read the guidelines like a lot of people will just look at like the the only parts i need to know are like you know word count and and where to send it and whatever but like the, if some of them they'll have really long guidelines and they'll say like things we definitely don't want or things that are a hard sell for us and things that, you know, and then sometimes I'll have this story and I'm trying to find a place to pitch it. And then I'll look and I'll be like, Oh, well, this isn't it. You know, like it sounded good until I got to the bottom. You know, you, you got to read the whole thing. Yeah. I saw one that said no more stories with cats. And I was like, <laughs> How many cat stories have they gotten? <laughs> they had to actually put this in their yeah. submission guidelines. It was hilarious to me. I was like, man, that's got to be hilarious. Um, awesome. Well, you know, we probably should mention that not only do you have this awesome one out, but in May, right? May? Yeah, that's what you said. Right? May, yeah. In May, you have a fantasy series coming out. So as you were saying, you're not you're not a one-trick pony. No, and and I I love that because um, I'm I'm really big into fantasy. I've always have been like uh, since I was a kid. I was all I was a Dungeons and Dragons kid, and uh, and um, I love reading fantasy. Like I love like writing horror, but I love reading fantasy because like. Like, I love multiple characters and, like, epic quests and, like, all the emotion and, like, mm -hmm. you know, it's just uh, so exciting to me. And um, so to I, – I always want to, like, make a fantasy series. So, <laughs> like, now that I've got one, that's really – 
exciting. It's really cool. Yeah, it'll be. <laughs> and yeah, Florida Kevin, it's a it's an epic fantasy. So that's it's not horror fantasy. This one's epic fantasy. So oh, yeah. it's it's really exciting. Completely different genre. Completely different feel. It's just yeah. it's beautiful. So it's fun. And if you want to sneak peek of that, you can get Horizons. And he has kind of the pre-story to that. Is yeah, it's definitely. Horizons. It's the prequel, for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, check that out. Get pumped yep. up for it. Yep. So that'll be exciting, too. So, Kisto, you were awesome. So where can fans find you and your work? Uh, um, you have Facebook, right? You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and, um, yeah, feel free to, to hit me up. I love hearing from people. Um, and, uh, and I, I like, uh, you know, helping other authors out if I can too. So, um, you know, if people need advice or, um, you know, just a beta reader or something, um, definitely, you know, feel free to ask. And then, uh, no, I know, I know I've got, you know, well, it, I feel like, um, one of the things that's made the past couple of years so great for me is, is, is meeting so many other authors and becoming part of a community. Like it's, it's really, it's really great. It's my own epic fantasy. <laughs> You're on your journey now. Yeah. I, I, hear journey. I love it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, you were great, Kisto. Except so everyone, for the fact that I talk so much, you only got through like four questions. Oh, that's okay, because this is really about your launch. I'm usually <laughs> more disciplined about the questions. The 20 questions is just because we do it on Tuesday. This was about your launch, and we definitely talked about that. So I would have gone through the whole. What we'll do is we'll get you on later to actually just do the 20 questions. That's what we did like with Kevin Petway, too. right? So we launched his book, but then we have him on later to do the 20 questions. So we'll do the same with you. So uh, I can't see what anybody was saying or whatever, but I uh, hope you guys are pumped for the book and uh, everybody had a good time. Yeah, I think every single person in the chat bought a copy. Oh, yeah? So you convinced them. Good job. Wow. Yep, that's a good That's thing. huge. And I know Thank Friday you. Blue always <laughs> reads them. Yeah, and I know Friday Blue always reads them in uh, Kindle Unlimited. So we've got, we have all the rounds covered because our chat is the best chat. So awesome. And we'll reward you after we're done recording. So I think we're good and we'll see you. And let's see, next week we have author Claire Wynn on. So we'll see you next Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central. Bye. <laughs>